It's the 23rd of February, 2018. This is the Room Now Week in Review. Hi, I'm Dr. Jack Cush, executive editor of RoomNow.com, coming to you live from Dallas. This week in the news, there's good news for patients with Bichette's, maybe a new drug. Should you worry about your ANAs? Could they be letting you down? And who is Hyman Zimmerman, and why should rheumatologists know why he's so important? There's ancient diseases that we need to manage, and that's called gout. And we have a new report about this ancient disease that's actually an interesting anthropologic study that actually shows proof that Duke Federico of Montefeltro from the Italian Renaissance, died in 1482, had gout. This is based on the analysis of his skeletal remains, radiographs, and even letters wherein he describes gout to, to a T. Again, this is an ancient disorder. It's sort of, I think, historic interest to find reports like this, letting us know that, that some of the things we recognize today were going on hundreds and thousands of years ago even. Gout is in the news. There's been a report last week. We had a report on gout. This week we have another report on the performance of rheumatologists in the United Kingdom. Uh, there they actually looked at the medical records and see, to see if the, the UK rheumatologists were uh, performing up to snuff and up to their guidelines that have been established, both ULAR guidelines and their local guidelines. So what they did show was that the vast majority were doing very well with regard to guidelines, starting allopurinol at 100 milligrams, escalating, watching renal function, etc. But the downside was that more than half, 45%, failed to achieve their target uric acid level of 6 milligrams per deciliter. I think over there it's 345 millimeters, milliliters, millimeters, millimoles per liter. I, I'm, one of these days I'm gonna go metric, I, not likely soon. Nonetheless, um, what they did show is in this cohort of over 4,300 gout patients, most of whom were male, only 13% were crystal proven, but they did things like stopping diuretics in almost 30% of patients. They started urate-lowering therapy in over three-quarters of patients, and, and they co-prescribed prophylaxis uh, inhibitory therapy in uh, over 90% of those that were prescribed a urate-lowering drug. So they did very well, but again, a lot like the other studies, the ability of even rheumatologists to achieve a target goal um, is really not that great. A lot of the st studies that are out there show rates of around 30, 35%. So if these fellows are doing 45% in the UK, wahoo, congratulations, but why are we not doing this in 100% of patients? Uh, it's not that hard. We just need to push the allopurinol dose and be more aggressive. Gout is a bad disease, and it's eight times more prevalent than rheumatoid arthritis. Good news for dermatologists and those of you who follow patients with dermatologic disorders, you know, atopic dermatitis is almost as big a deal in dermatology as is psoriasis. It tends to be a big problem for which there aren't a lot of good therapies. A lot of reports in the literature this week, uh, I just read one today where methotrexate outperforms cyclosporin in atopic dermatitis. But the good news is that the AAD meetings in San Diego occurring this week all the new drugs, especially the JAK inhibitors, are looking really, really good when it comes to atopic dermatitis. This week, the FDA granted breakthrough status to tofacitinib, Zeljance, for its proceedings uh, in a phase three trials to get uh, to study atopic dermatitis. So again, there's a lot of action in atopic dermatitis, and a lot of it's good, especially with the new JAK inhibitors. Dr. Hyman Zimmerman is sort of famous in, amongst FDA uh, and safety buffs. Um, he's known for High's Law. 
High's law it was based on the observation by Dr. Hyman Zimmerman that patients who had drug-induced hepatocellular liver damage, uh, and, and then they also, if they had threefold to fivefold elevations of their AST or ALT, and they had jaundice, he observed that 10% of those people had a, a chance of dying from their liver disease. So the idea is that drug-induced hepatocellular injury greater than threefold elevations with jaundice confers a 10% mortality risk. That's High's law. It's a standard that's used in development of all new drugs, uh, and that's one of the outcome, outcomes they look for in, uh, in new drug development as far as how bad could the liver damage be if there's a drug that may affect the liver. This is often talked about. I first heard about it looking at the FDA data on leflunamide many years ago. There's an Australian study that looked at ACL injuries amongst pediatric patients and shows that amongst kids, ACL injuries have significantly grown 150% in the last um, uh, few decades. It's gone from two per 100,000 to almost seven per 100,000 between uh, 2005 and 2015. That's a 10 year interval with 148% increased risk. The same data has actually been reported amongst American pediatricians. The question is why? Why are kids getting more ACL injuries? It could be that maybe better access to care. It could be more frequent use of MRIs. It could be the sports. It could be obesity. There's a lot of factors that go in here. I think it's important to those of us who do manage or take care of children with musculoskeletal complaints to consider an acute cruciate ligament and internal knee derangement as a cause for a chronically swollen monarthritis or oligoarthritis consider it, especially since it's on the rise. There's a new study called the PANTS study. I'm reporting it because I just like the name PANTS study. It's almost like it was dreamed up by David Letterman, and you have to know David Letterman to know what that means. But it stands for Personalized Anti-TNF Therapy in Crohn's Patients. It's a real-world efficacy and safety trial that compared the efficacy, safety, and immunogenicity of the originator biologic infliximab to the biosimilar CTP13, also known as Remsema or Inflectra, to adalimumab in patients with Crohn's disease. Large study basically showed across the board, one-year results, they all had remission rates that were the same, 40%, 40%, and 34% for the three drugs. Immunogenicities, all is basically the same, 26, 28, and 11. So bottom line is, again, we have a lot of good data about the um, use of biosimilars and they're going to take over at some point and it's data like this that makes it more comforting to make that switch. There's a three-decade study coming from the Mayo Clinic that says that there's an increase of renal stones or nephrothiasis in the Olmstead County population and it was basically looking at both symptomatic and asymptomatic nephrolithiasis and they showed that amongst men there was a 14% per five-year um, increase there was uh, every five years in women, there was a 29% increase. And this is again, over a 30 year period. The question is why? Well, it's the same reason as to why the frequency of gout has gone up. It has to do with the obesification of our society, it has to do with wider use of diuretics and, uh, and renal disease, um, and it may have something to do with dietary changes as, as well. So this is a sort of epidemiologic issue that 